Okay, people, coming up on this 20th edition of Just for Sport, I give props to two guests, and I'm introducing a new segment. My first guest is Haley Mylon Bohr. She was on my first ever Just for Sport podcast, and I wanted to catch up with her again on life over in Japan with her baseball playing husband, Justin Bohr, playing for the Hashin Tigers. She and I will also be doing a new weekly segment on the show. We will be talking sports, pop culture, current events, and more. Now, my second guest is Bryce Adams. We go back to our Wizards days. Now he lives in the social media and influencer world, working for Captivate in New York City. We talk about what he thinks betting will do for sports, HBCUs, how Bryce influences people socially, and his love of cooking and being a whiskey connoisseur. He even gives a little tip for the best whiskey on the budget. You don't want to miss out on that. For the Props Network, this is Just for Sport in three, two, one. Okay, people, it's the 20th episode of Just for Sport, and I'm so excited because I get to bring back my very first guest on Just for Sport. Haley Bohr joins me again, but this time from Japan. How exciting is that, Haley? Thank you very much for joining the pod. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm good. We're on the opposite sides of the world, opposite ends of the spectrum here, but doing well. Just woke up. Just woke good up. Yeah, <laughs> good evening to me. I'll be getting ready <laughs> for bed soon. Probably not. I'll be watching basketball and whatever else is on baseball till midnight, and then I'll go to bed. But uh, before we get to the exciting news about you and I working together a little more often, we'll get to that later. I first want to know about what is life like in Japan for you and for Justin. Now, I want to surprise you with something, because this is his move, and I haven't been good with Giphy, so I didn't make one, but every home run, it's like, <laughs> right? Is that what he does? It's like, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. There it is. Yes. So I'm excited to see it, huh? I don't know where that came from, but um, I think he started doing it, like, in, in the exhibition games, um, because they can't high-five. You know, they do, like, the fist bump social distancing but yeah he came up with that and i kind of like it it gets me excited um i, I love it it should be on a t-shirt yeah there's merch it's coming out um oh, oh that's exciting breaking news <laughs> love japan we were joking about you gotta come visit not joking i'm holding you to it okay. if the olympics the olympics are on you're coming yeah. over um I mean, it's awesome. It's it's weird being so displaced, like waking up and seeing MLB scores, like games still going on. And, you know, the NBA scores are just going final and stuff. So that's so strange. But, I mean, it's a good place to ride out COVID. Um, yeah. Got over here. We had just spoken when I was, like, trying to escape the States, remember? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, March, when things started to lock down. I got on the last direct flight to Tokyo. What? I swear to you. <laughs> I was in the sky. I overhear the flight attendant say, yeah, all the other flights are canceled. This flight is like, you know, it's not happening anymore. So me and the baby got on the last direct flight, got over here, met Justin up in Tokyo. He was playing exhibition games. And the league here has been moving along a little better than the league back home. Um... But they're still being careful. I mean, fans are in the stands now. We started playing June 19th. 
So we're going through the season here. They started without fans, but they're taking a lot of precautions. And uh, I hate to rip on America, but the Japanese just take care of themselves. And, you know, there's no one, like, spinning these crazy conspiracy theories and, like, saying, "Mm, there is no virus, you know? They're just trying to microchip. People are just like, yeah, there's a virus, so we're going to wear a mask. We're going to, like, sanitize ourselves because we want to have sports. And look, look what happens. We have sports here. So, um, and the games are... I can't even explain it to you. I've never been, I've never been to a postseason. I've been to one postseason game um, in baseball, but it Mm -hmm. feels like it's a baseball game in October. All the fans are like doing and like cheers in unison for every single player. It's like, they must have like a band rehearsal or something like every (laughs) week. Different cheers. And oh my gosh, it's, it's a different environment. It's so cool though. Yeah. What, uh, the Hanshin Tigers. Hanshin Tigers, that's I right. I said it right. Um, what, what kind of chant do they have for Justin? Or like, where are your seats? What do you do during the game? <laughs> okay, so this is the first season that I've had a baby. And I'll tell you what, it, it is a different experience having a little one on my lap. Because I can't just like relax and watch the game. He's looking around like, trying to make friends with everyone else in the stands. Um, <laughs> sit there and pray that he doesn't make a scene or anything. Um, yeah. It's gone okay. So, but we are, we sit pretty close to the dugout, like in between the dugout and home plate, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like eight rows back. And back home when, when Justin was in the big leagues, I never wanted to sit like near the field. I just like to sit like, up top a little bit when we were in Miami our seats were like towards the end of the first the first mm-hmm. like level yeah yeah yes they're being like far away um and anytime we'd be at a game like on the road the ushers would be so nice and be like oh come on there's empty seats like in the second row and I'd be like no like that's too- <laughs> <laughs> who goes to you know their husband's job and sits right there watching work right <laughs> yeah um, but I'm like watching watching things unfold and it's pretty pretty close yeah um don't want to say too close for comfort because it's nice it's a good experience jimmy gets to see his dad and um, yeah cool so, so i tried the, to, go ahead go ahead they have a fight song and i don't want to butcher it because i don't know it but all i know <laughs> is like Justin so i'll learn the full thing and then i'll get you <laughs> okay so that I yeah. can do the cheer. I'll put it on TikTok where I just am doing the Hachi Tigers Justin Moore <laughs> cheer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice. I will try that. Um, what uh, I tried to go on their website and understand like the standings and where how good the team is. Um, and I yeah. couldn't quite figure it out. One, because it was in Japanese. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And there's like a simple button you click and it switches to English. But how is the actual team doing? How is Justin doing? So you can actually, so I had to download a plugin to translate everything, but there ah. is like who spends a lot of time translating things to English. So I'll, I'll send all that your way, but um, he's having a great time. I think, um, I think for any American player, it's probably an adjustment. Um, but from my vantage point, it's like just, 
very similar to the big leagues. Like the schedule, you get an off day every week, which is nice. Like oh. so huge every Monday, unless there's like, you know, they need to make up for a rain out. So that's got to be big for the players too, I would yeah. imagine. Um, Justin is one of four American players or foreign players on the roster. So in the Japanese league here, you can have four foreign born active players. Mm -hmm. So he has translators and they go through the translators, but it looks like he's making friends with, you know, his teammates and like somehow they're communicating. I'll see him like, you know, he's on first base and he's talking to his first base coach. I'm like, yeah. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there isn't somebody standing next to him, I guess, all the time that's translating, or they just no, figure it out? They have, they have translators, like, in the dugout. So, like, if there's, if there's, like, a very specific conversation that needs to be had, I guess the translators um, are used for that. But I guess, like, through spring training, we've been here for six months now, six Mm -hmm. you learn like the phrases so he will be like you know out in the world and he'll just pull out some Japanese and you learn that but you know he's yeah. around it the time yeah. so for swim you gotta learn it what is the bubble like for you you live in a bubble you live on an island what has it been like for you adjusting having a new little boy uh just being a mom a wife in a foreign country yeah, so we, I'd say it's like an unofficial bubble just because the way of life here is, it's different. Like you don't have to throw down rules because I think generally people just want to take care of the culture and take care of society. So like people aren't going out and being stupid generally, like, right? So yeah. no one wants to ruin this for everybody. So we're just like being super careful. Um, I'll get food to go, that kind of thing. Take, you know. I've been going on a lot of runs because, you know, what else can I do without, yeah. without, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the reason that anyone else, you know, um, is unsafe. So I'm able to see like a little bit of Japan, um, and just like going out and exploring safely, but man, I really want to like get out and sightsee because it's unbelievable. I mean, I've yeah. never been a like never left the country. How um, is that possible? No, I'm uncultured. You went to Toronto, I went to Buffalo yeah. during the playoffs. <laughs> There's a big difference, a big difference between Buffalo and Toronto, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but it's been awesome. I think Justin just loves it because he had been here. He visited, he had a teammate who played here. Mm -hmm. from the Marlins and so he visited one off season and just loved it and always talked about how beautiful and how great Japan is and obviously he's had other Japanese teammates so he knew what he was getting into but I'm surprised by like how much I like it it's yeah so like so helpful and like you don't see any stupidity people are smart people are like having and there's so much culture it's it's really cool and the best part is people love sports here love yeah. it baseball is so i didn't realize how big soccer is soccer is big yeah it's huge okay and a lot of players from europe apparently so yeah. yeah and uh 
are you fo- how much are you really following? I know you talked about you wake up and it's weird because baseball and basketball games are ending. How much are you following and Justin following sports over here and pop culture and, and any and everything? What are you missing the most? Ooh, you know, I think it's like such a weird time to go abroad because I feel like I'm not missing too much. Like I'm not seeing like friends from MLB going to games and like, you know, seeing that on Instagram or anything. But like we've been following because we're looking out for our friends, like hoping that things shake out well for everybody back home. Um, So every single day, you know, hopping on Twitter, just praying things are going well. So they can have a baseball season successfully finish. And um, it's hard to follow. It's hard to follow basketball and hockey. I mean, now that the restarts have happened because we're asleep when the games are happening and I'm not someone who can like go and rewatch a game. No. If I, if, right? If you I know see the a score. Box. Yeah. It's like, this done. On Twitter. Um, so that kind of stinks, but yeah, I mean, we're following pop culture. I mean, I'm a news junkie. So like all day long, I'm on Twitter and stuff. And sometimes I find stuff out before you guys do, because I'm awake, you're asleep. So I wake up with all the, with all the info and my friends are like, yeah. how do you know? because <laughs> you've been you've been uh while we're yeah i mean that is a benefit uh there's a sports center or like some sports station there too right that maybe shows us yeah. highlights yeah yeah there's a couple sports nets here there's always mlb games on tv um nba is pretty big i mean they like the wizards here the lakers mm-hmm. kind of you can make any like connection to the west coast um i feel like you know, Seattle down to California, those teams are like fairly easy to follow here in Japan. So, um, but it's interesting. I feel like it's mostly players who go abroad, Mm -hmm. um, make the links between the markets. So like fans follow like a baseball player. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, it's wizard swag out about. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Well, thank you for a little wrap up of what you've been doing in Japan. I am really excited because we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we are going to start Haley's new segment, joining uh, Just for Sport every week. Uh, I won't reveal the name of the segment until we come on the other side. All right. Hold on, everybody. We're coming back. The Props Network has you covered if you want to bet on the NBA bubble. Just go to the Where to Bet page on the PropsNetwork.com and get free bets and bonuses from legal sports betting sites in your state. Right now, you can get $20 free bets with no deposit required from Unibet, a 100% deposit match bonus from Bet Rivers, as well as exclusive sign-up bonuses from DraftKings, FanDuel, PointBet, BetMGM, and more. Remember, it's 21 and over to bet. And if you know someone who has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER today. And coming up next, it's our new segment. You don't want to miss it. Okay, we're back here on Just for Sport, and Haley Bohr now has a new segment she's going to be doing with me on Just for Sport, and we're calling it Haley's Comments. That's right, everybody. Haley is going to be talking about the different things in sports and pop culture and music and television betting, a little bit of everything we're going to have in Haley's comments. And I'm going to be chiming in too. Haley, take it away. Where are we going to start? There's so much to talk about. Okay. 
remember the replacements movie. Everyone's yes, I seen do. it, right? Yes. This. Like MLB teams that have to switch out their entire roster, they're teeing us up for a remake of the replacements. What do you think? The Miami Marlins had 18 new players. And my favorite storyline from the MLB right now, Eddie Alvarez. He's a silver medalist from the Olympics and he made the big leagues. I mean, he kind of looks like Keanu Reeves, so we can like completely do a remake there. We I would love to do a remake there. Uh Keanu Reeves is one of my favorite actors all the way from when he did Speed to now when he does John Wick. Um, I, I would love it if we could have a, maybe Justin Bohr can come back and play here and that could be like a twist to the remake of The Replacements where he comes in and saves <laughs> the day and is like the big slugger that just catches fire and the Miami Marlins win, they bring him back to the team. Cause St. Louis, They've got players that are testing, coaches testing positive now too. I can't believe they're still playing MLB games and they're all going to need replacements. Oh man. Yeah. I'm hoping for the best for them. Hopefully no one has it too severe, but um, you're a bigger Justin fan than I am. I think. I'm a huge Justin fan and I still have the baseball from, yeah, back in the day. Baseball from okay. All right. So purchasing the XFL. Actually, it's Redbird Capital, but he is going to be a owner of the XFL. He saved the day. What do you think about that? Not only did he save the day, but I felt like I was watching HBO Ballers because yeah. that's pretty much what The Rock was to me, was a former player who we know the Ballers uh, synopsis. We know what the story is. And I felt like we yeah. were seeing it in real life. I was so excited because you could feel the energy when he's on the, the balcony in Vancouver filming some movie or whatever he's doing. He's talking about the inspiration that he got uh, to, to purchase the team and how Vancouver was the first place that he ever played professional football. I love The Rock. I just don't know if the XFL is going to sink like a rock because it kind of already did. And I just don't know what he's going to do with it. But I'm really excited. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Danny Garcia uh, is a, a Latin, a Latina female co-owner. Let's see what she's going to do to to bring some life into the league. That is such a power move. First ever female owner of a professional sports league. I got to say, if I were a billionaire, which I'm holding out hope that um, I can make an investment and just strike gold one day and buy a league, that's what I would do. I hope she's sitting with a cigar somewhere, just sitting back, enjoying. She's a business partner of the – didn't they date, too? Yeah, yeah, this, this will, yeah, it's kind of weird too, but you know. Together, but let's baller. Not, let's not mix business and pleasure. That's what's probably what they said. <laughs> yeah, yes, so. All right, so we got to talk about the lack of social distancing on social media. All these influencers having these big rages at their mansions in LA, like Jake Paul, Logan yeah. Paul, um, these people who. The internet tries to cancel, but when we try, not we, when the internet tries to cancel them, they just get more followers and it just eggs them on. And now the FBI is involved, but setting a horrible example, as if they weren't already just horrible pillars in the community, right? What do you think about that? The FBI getting involved in these crazy influencer parties, body fluids are being swapped, you know yep. it. God, yep. what zooming? Yeah. I mean, so the crazy thing is not only is it bizarre 
that anybody would have a party in this day and age because the last thing you want is to be holed up in a room for 14 days if you actually do get COVID. You can't see anybody and do anything. But I kind of feel like uh, Jake Paul is kind of mirroring my life with two kids. We exchange bodily fluids all the time in a different way because they always try to give me their juice box after they've already <laughs> drinking a little bit out of it or in their sippy cup. We're right next to each other. We have uh, Duplo Lego Ragers and we, you know, we're playing like hockey on, on the, the little step two game yeah. and uh, basketball. So I feel like we're kind of the same. It's just the FBI won't be coming after me. They'll just think it's really cute that I can't keep social distance from my kid. In reality, it really is. Actually, I should say kids. So that's a shame. Like what is, you know, the second one you always forget. Third one, like, eh, whatever. Um, but I just feel like in reality, no, in America, we have a tough time accepting the fact that if we do, okay, because the issue is, right, um, Jay Williams, I got to give a shout out to him from ESPN. He said it best, that if we can just stay away from each other right now, if you were to give it two, three, four months, we'd be better off in the long term instead of this stop start. And you got people like influencers. I'm an influencer on my two kids. That's about it. And whoever's listening to Just for Sport. But if you can't find a way, and Haley, if you can't find a way to stay away from each other, we're just going to keep going back and forth. It's going to be cyclical. And so Jake Paul is going to end up back and forth and back and forth in and out of being in the FBI's uh, sites as they try to could stop these parties and, and the rich people like it doesn't matter COVID doesn't know whether you're rich or poor it's just going to give you a disease and that's it all right here is a depressing topic let's talk NCAA football well not depressing everyone's kind it's of depressing. on pins and needles it's depressing no. so UConn the first major program to announce canceling the 2020 season now they're independent this year so it's not like this is a big chip that's going to force all the other chips to fall However, who do you think's next to follow suit? Okay, two clues here. One, you said independent, right? Two, it makes me think of the Big East, which is now the ACC, and then that circles back to Notre Dame, who when there was first talk of, oh my gosh, if, if any of these conferences are only going to play in conference, Notre Dame doesn't have a home. UConn didn't have a home. So it's just like, yeah. Uh, we're not interested in playing the Huskies. So if you're not in the conference, you have no one to play. I thought for sure that Notre Dame was going to be the next domino to fall before UConn. So I guess it's kind of like they weren't the next domino to fall, but they joined the ACC. So when you said depressing, I was super excited because I knew that outside of UConn, which I feel like I'm disrespecting because I'm going way past the fact that UConn canceled their football season. But Notre <laughs> They basically joined the ACC. And I was like, yes, it's about time. Because they have right. to be in the exact same position as UConn. And now we see what's happening there. The conferences, is great that the ACC is trying to come up with a schedule. But eventually, you can't have athletes on campus playing football if they're not getting paid. They're not professionals. They are students and athletes. If you're not going to have the students on campus, I just don't see how and why you would have the athletes on campus. So for any of the conferences, you know, the Pac-12, the players are, you know, they're having their own pack and they're saying we're not going to play unless there are certain rules in place. 
that allow us to come back on the campus and be playing football. So UConn is the first domino as an independent. And I think outside of that, the next thing that's going to fall is the conferences are saying we're not going to be playing sports and we're going to have to postpone. But then the beauty of it is spring football will really be spring football. And we're all going to be excited and forget that we had to spend this time and thank my Jay Williams quote for bringing it back up that he said, hey, if you can just social distance, wear a mask now, stay at home, maybe we'll be able to get back to life again. And then you'll be back in America as well, Haley. We'll see about that. We'll see. Someone said on Twitter, I forget who it was, but someone said that sports are the reward for a well-functioning society. So we got to function. We got to behave. Yes. Um, now. Now, if you are a player who's got a shot at being drafted, you have a future in the league, do you think you even bother looking at transferring? You retain your eligibility. You're still on scholarship. You don't know if the other leagues are going to be, if the other conferences are going to be playing. Do you try and transfer? Will you even find a job somewhere? To me, it seems bizarre to think that you can just transfer because of something like that. But considering the number of coaches that just leave a program after you win a bowl game and then you're like, oh, I, I, I love this school. And then you leave, yeah. If you're a UConn player, you're like, peace out. I gotta go play football. I've got to get ready, prepare myself for this upcoming season and to make a, make a living, get into the NFL draft. So I think, yeah, you wanna transfer, transfer. The problem is you're gonna transfer and then that team, that school may actually cancel football as well and then I feel like it does get to be a sticky situation. But I think if you take it one step at a time, yes, I think you transfer. All right, next topic. This one hits kind of close to home because for both you and me, because I know a lot of our former colleagues and friends have been affected and mm -hmm. a lot of newer sports fans are gonna be affected as well. So NBC Universal has undergone a massive restructure. They've laid off and restructured a ton of their staff. now. The fallout is a lot of on-air personalities have been laid off. Their contracts aren't being renewed. Now, we know everything's going digital, but what do you think is going to be the end game here for NBC? And why are they doing this in the middle of a pandemic? Why can't they just hang on and take care of their people? Yeah, I, I, I do find that bizarre in that from a business standpoint, I always figured when sports comes back, then that means that there will be content. They're going to need shows. But I think the trend has been going on for a while. Teams are dictating content now, not networks. ESPN may very well be end up being the last network standing because what's going to happen is teams are going to continue to do the content and they're going to, because they, then they can control it, right? If you have mm -hmm. the teams doing the pregame shows and the postgame shows and sending out the sound bites that they want to send out, that's what is going to end up happening here. And that's where we're going. So when you look at NBC Universal, in their mind, it's like, okay, why do we need to pay talent if a team also has talent and the team is doing interviews and shows then maybe long-term, we are just going to take their content and put it on our station. Even if it means that there is some kind of a 
uh, co-pro where the station and the teams kind of like decide who's going to be the talent. But I think that's where we're going. And realistically, uh, business-wise, it probably, unfortunately, may be the best decision because then you can control the story, which no matter what business you're in, politics, sports, business, whatever it is, controlling the message is what we all want to do. And we're controlling our message right here on the Props Network. Um, I mean, so we saw that. We saw how much the team controls press releases and guides the sports nets to tow the company line. And, you know, that money relationship makes it so complicated because you have a TV contract coming up. You want to make the owners happy with the content you're putting out. And there's that relationship that's just such a delicate one when you're trying to get access and you're competing with the in-house talent and the in-house reporters for that. Yeah. So, and and yeah. think about it. Haley, we were at the forefront, right? American Express Home Court Advantage. We were doing a pregame show. NBC Sports Washington was doing a pregame show. And I'm sure there were discussions, uh, you know, above our head about, wait a minute, why are y'all doing a show and we're doing a show? Whose show wins out? Uh, I think our show made it different because it was also being shown in the arena. So that was kind of a, a added bonus and it really, you know, brought the, the viewers and the fans that were in the bowl that could see us and, you know, they were all behind us in the studio. But I think that we all were at the beginning of that and understanding that that's where it's going to go. Yeah. And the barrier to entry is getting cheaper and cheaper as people can just do it from their basements, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tim Kirchin. Tim Kirchin is doing ESPN baseball from his basement. Like, you won't leave right. having to go to the games. You're going to be in your basement like I'm in my basement right now, and that's how you're going to be doing games and pregame shows and whatever else they, they can do to save money. But in the end, you'd like to think it's because then there's going to be more profit for the employees, and but there may be less employees. Streamlining. Yeah. My least favorite word. All right. So very controversial here. We're going to get political. Kanye oh, for boy. president. Okay. Kanye for president. Kanye for president. Thoughts? Well, the circus. he said he was going to run and like two years ago. He had already been talking about it. I think the first time. I just not fully feeling like I understand the political process. Like it seemed kind of late in the game to even think you're going to be a real candidate for so, the president of the United States? He held a rally, right, in South Carolina, maybe held others. Um, and then he filed to get on the ballot in Ohio. And I think you got to do it individually by state to get on the ballot. So Ohioans are going to go to vote and they're going to see Kanye West. And I just want to riff for a minute here. Can it be? I thought it's 2020 Yeezy. <laughs> Well, our military would look a little different. Everyone yeah. be on Yeah. Who else does he work with? Um, yeah. So let's say he did win. Um, the world would look different um, every day, I think. We'd have the military working on developing dragon energy. Our alliances would go towards North Korea. Um, world order would completely change. What do you think the world would look like? Uh, the world would have to uh, listen to his sermons. Uh, you know, he, he 
put some of them in rap songs, others in speeches. Um, I think we would be even more far gone than where we are now as a country, whether you are Democrat or Republican, either way. I think that where we are, it, it would be completely different. In some ways, it might be more awesome if like with your stimulus check, you almost got a pair of Yeezys or mm. a, a new outfit. Uh, he, you know, you wouldn't have to maybe buy tickets for a concert because his 4th of July parties would be off the chain. I remember his last tour where his stage was floating over uh, the audience, which was amazing. There are times that his creative process is just, he's above everyone else. He's just so artistic, but I just don't know where his mind is right now uh, when he started talking about Harriet Tubman and, you know, people didn't understand where he was going with, you know, where, what she meant to African-American history and civil rights. Uh, so from that perspective, I would be very concerned, uh, but, I don't know. You go from Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, to Donald Trump and Melania Trump, to Kanye West and Kim Kardashian West. That's, you know, if nothing else, you got the, the star power in, in three straight presidencies. You, you can at least say that. And you know that Kim would expose so much of what's going on. She'd be recording his private phone conversations, like the one with Taylor Swift and Kanye. We'd find out so much. And then they would just completely redo the White House. And it would be beautiful because you know the Kardashian-Jenner taste is impeccable. Yep, yep. I think there's a lot of upside. Keeping up, keeping up with the Kardashians, White House edition. Uh, that right. show, I mean, she pretty much owned, was that on E? Right? She'd own that network. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of E, bunch of show cancellations there. Aww. So maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for a pivot to the White House. Possibly. Possibly. Now the chances of him winning are slim to none. But if you're betting, you can go to the PropsNetwork.com and, <laughs> and find the odds. <laughs> find the odds. You have money to burn, I guess. Yeah. If you got money to burn, yeah, a dollar, two dollars. <laughs> that, that's about it. That's about it. Well, that's all the craziness for now. All that's a lot of craziness. And we ended on probably the craziest topic of all. Um, I'm <laughs> looking forward to doing this segment with you every week. And you know what? I, I feel like I don't want to say that I'm not going to be prepared, but I almost feel like making it a surprise to have you come up with topics it, it gives me an opportunity to really just like riff off the cuff instead of necessarily feeling like I'm completely prepared, which I did prepare. So thank you for, you know, kind of telling me ahead of time, but maybe like one or two surprise topics that you don't know where I'm going to go with it. And I don't have yeah. a chance to kind of come up with my, you know, my take. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll, I know your secret, so I know what will really surprise you. Okay. I got okay. it. Thank you for uh, Haley's comments. I hope that all of our listeners and viewers enjoyed her comments and then mine following hers. Okay, people, coming up next on Just for Sport is Bryce Adams. He's worked for Turner Broadcasting, the Yankees, 
the Wizards, and more. He's back in the Big Apple doing big things, and he's my next guest on Just for Sport after this message. If you're going to bet on the NBA bubble, then why not get some bonuses? Visit thepropsnetwork.com and find out about all the deals running at the top U.S. online sportsbooks. Like right now at PointsBet, their score-first insurance. If your NBA team scores first but loses the game, you can get your money back in free bets up to $50. This is just one of the sportsbook deals that you could miss out on if you don't stay tuned to TPN. So check us out today at thepropsnetwork.com and never miss a bonus. Remember, it's 21 no, three, two. Remember, it's 21 and over to bet. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. Now back to Just for Sport. Bryce, what's up? Thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate you giving me some time. You're a Morehouse man, working in New York City right now for Captivate, director of East Coast Partnerships. Uh, you've done it all. You even, in your bio, you joke that you were like, yeah, when people actually watch TV was when you got started at Turner <laughs> Broadcasting. Now everybody likes to stream everything. Uh, what has it been like for you? You're a native Washingtonian. You moved to New York. Uh, yes, sir. Working in marketing. What has it been like for you, especially lately with COVID-19 and, and still trying to do your job? Man, that's crazy. Uh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here, first off. Uh, you know, about 75% of that stuff is true. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate you throwing in the other 25%. But... No, the, the one thing Jamoke left out is he and I are former colleagues from from uh, my first season in sports, really monumental. So this would have been 20, 2010. That's yeah, John Wall's yeah. year. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. So all I remember is this. So, like, I'm new, you know, like, I'm, I'm on the ticket sales side, and Jamoke is, like, you know, courtside every game, traveling with the team, you know, like, <laughs> at the draft, like, really big deal. Um, and, and so it's so cool now to, to reunite, obviously, as friends and, and all that good stuff. The only thing the only thing I remember from that year, I don't know if you remember this, was all those basketballs. Having to sign, because John had to sign like 3,000 basketballs for the season. Uh -huh. yep. So if, if you know anything about sports, you know, all of that manual labor gets done by like the ticket sales staff and like, the, like everybody that works with the team, like, so you're moving baskets of bot, you know, basketball or boxes of basketballs everywhere. You know, every event there's 500 balls that you gotta like bring to and from. It's uh, I tell people like there's no like magic fairies that like sprinkle those t-shirts on those seats when you go to playoff right, games. Right, just, right, right. You like sell the tickets like, hey dude, uh, grab a couple boxes and get to the lower <laughs> bowl and like y'all just drink tea search on seats until the whole lower bowl is full. And you're just like, all right, boss. Like, you know, you just got to do it. So Yeah. And, and I remember one year, um, if, I don't know if you remember, because again, there's so many people, so many basketballs, I feel like they couldn't do the autograph signing down in the big room on the event level. So they yes. put all of the basketballs in a different on the, seat. On the concourse. On the concourse. And John oh, was just going from ball to ball. Yes. <laughs> down every row. Yes. They took a basketball and put it on every individual chair. And John was just walking by and just sign. And, so, and it was just like, I have pictures of that somewhere. And um, it's funny because I always feel like for a fan, if you even knew that John Wall was like sitting in your seat as he signed the basketball and not to like totally pivot, but yesterday we were driving by this home 
that apparently was on the Underground Railroad with Harriet Tubman. Oh, wow. And as we're driving the car, I'm like, man, to think that you know, the, the house is still the same structure. And I'm driving on the road. It's like, man, people used to walk on the same road that I'm driving on to go, you know, to get to the north. To, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just crazy to think how history happens. And I know that we're going from, I'm going from sports to something really oh, serious. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you talk about kind of the history and obviously what's been going on. You ask like what I've been up to now with, with the quarantine and, and the biggest thing is like running a daycare. Like, you know, like that's, yeah. like, the, <laughs> that's like the, you know, like that, you know, me and my wife, you know, that's like the biggest thing is, you know, we have a three-year-old and so I think for everybody, it's just like, you know, that, that that rhythm that you just get into and it's just like you know at first it became hectic and now it's just like you know get the baby you know feed her you know play with her try to make sure she learns something do your calls do your work pass it off make some lunch she takes a nap like you know it's just that that same routine um you know has been i think tough for everybody and i think yeah. it's something we're all adapting to but for me you know my work you know i work now i i did used to work in, in sports so for teams and i did that for a while and now i work in in advertising and so you know I work in social media specifically and so for me uh it's been really interesting because COVID happened everyone's on social media it's like great you think things are going to pick up it's going to be really good mm -hmm. then um you know the uh the kind of the civil unrest as I say started and you know all the movement towards uh you know recognizing you know Black Lives Matter and brands took a pause from that and everyone kind of waited on that and then you had from there um, you know, now the Facebook kind of boycott is happening. And so a lot of people are putting a pause on that. So it's like, you know, while the uh, economy around everyone was kind of falling apart, you know, the, the ecosystem I was in was still kind of relatively humming along. And now it's like that disruption is just caught, caught up to everybody. And so I just think like now everybody has been, you know, affected in some way, shape or form from, from what's been going on um, just externally. And it's just, yeah. it, you know, a big adjustment, but it's been, it's been, you know, at the same time, you get to spend a lot more time with your daughter that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And so that's been great. And yeah. uh, we, just kinda, we just try to go, you know, day by day. So I have a very interesting thing to ask you about. Um, so Haley, uh, I had Haley Bohr on. She was on the previous segment from you. And we're doing a segment called Haley's Comments, where she, you know, uh, talks about different things happening. Uh, in sports, social media, pop culture. And we were talking about the YouTuber, uh, Jake Paul, mm -hmm. and how he's having these rager parties in Hollywood. Now the FBI is raiding yeah. his home and trying to figure out what's going on. From a social media influencer marketing background that you have, in this case, no news would be good news? Or is that like a, hey, you know, him being in the news is something that you want as an influencer, as a YouTuber? I, I think no, because I think what we've seen a lot of too is you have a lot of brands, you have to think, understand like, if I'm paying you to be an ambassador for my brand in some way, shape or fashion, you're gonna open up your feed to whatever you know my brand is, you know, I'm drinking, Polar seltzer water. If y'all want to send me some for free, feel free. <laughs> polar uh, seltzer water. Bryce Adams. Um, but yeah, find me on Instagram. But um, but then they're like, you know, you can do that and be fine. But then I run the risk of, let's say, the next day you're arrested at a protest for trying to tear down a Confederate statue, or you know, the next day you're arrested at a protest for you know 
pushing somebody on one side or the other. Like that's the next post on your feed. You know, there's a lot of like reticence to be like, well, I don't know if I want to be They're They're kind of slow there. Um, and the other thing of it is like, you know, with all things that are going on in people's lives, you know, how do you kind of interrupt a larger conversation about things that are a lot more important to, you know, talk about, you know, selling diapers or whatever, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it, it, it all goes back and that just shows you the risk of, you know, people are people. And it's interesting because, you know, a guy like Logan Paul, uh, you know, whatever he's going on and whatever they're doing with all his guns and things like that in nature, you know, um, I don't know, but you know, that's definitely going to hurt your earning potential. Cause you know, at some point if you're known for being a brand ambassador, you know, they don't want us to be around, you know, be around you or your, what the negative attention you're bringing. The other thing is on the flip side, you know, Mike Tyson is the, is the face of shark week this year. And you know, Mike Tyson went to jail for rape. So, I mean, like, you know, like at some point, you know, Snoop Dogg was accused of murdering somebody like, you know, at some point, you know, these things, do become kind of uh, not water under the bridge, but you just get far, far enough away from certain situations where you can find yourself being marketable again. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's just a big, a big difference that like life happens. I was, I was talking to somebody today actually, and they want to use couples for, for, uh, for, for their program. And they said, what if the couples break up? Um, you know, I was like, well, then we'd have to put a clause in a contract that says, if you guys break up, you can't announce it publicly until after this campaign ends. Oh, because wow. we can't be yeah. having like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, like there's all these different things that like could happen uh, that you just have to really try to account for and scenario plan for, um, especially now more so than ever because so many people's lives are broadcast. You have so much more access. Mm -hmm. It's just so much easier for people to say, do something, uh, you know, post something that could go, that could go wrong. So, um, it's a, it's an interesting time. And that's another one of the ways yeah. that, you know, this is kind of rolled its way to where, to where I'm at uh, work and make a living. Mm -hmm. And I should have, I probably could, should have asked that first. Like, what is it like working at Captivate? You got some big clients, Verizon, uh -huh. Campbell Soup, Victoria's Secret, David Yerman. Uh -huh. I mean, what, what is it like? And it's is a, it everything you want it to be in New York City to be oh, doing it too? I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah, love my job. You know, if my bosses are listening, of course. That was the first question. <laughs> um, no, but um, no, but uh, it, it, it's interesting. It's it's a different from going to, you know, working at like Yankee Stadium, literally, and then going to like working it from home. Because I was working from home when I started there in October of 2018. So mm -hmm. you know, I'm working from home you know, almost two years. So I got used to it. The adjustment a lot of folks had to make in March, I made, you know, the mental and all that, get in the routine. I had to adjust to people being home with me. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, so that was the big change for me, but it's, it's good. You know, it's a, it's a small, not small, we're a startup company, you know, we're doing very well. We've been around for a while and we're, we're scrappy and it does give you a chance to do a lot of different things uh, as it relates to kind of a new uncharted space, which is, you know, influencers and data and the way that we use data. Um, really, we're a data and analytics company. It's very much like how Uber is a, a really like a, a data company that just masks itself in uh, giving away car rides. Mm -hmm. You know, we're really an analytics company. We connect brands to people. We just use influencers and data to do it. So, um, you know, it's, it's a very similar product or a very similar path for us. And, uh, it's been good, man. It's it, it's fun. It's a different thing than you know. I miss being in arenas. I miss uh, games. I miss access. Um, but you know, it's it, it's a cool shift for me as uh, as I kind of wanted to be try to think about being ahead of things and like where I think 
the world might be going. You know, five mm-hmm. years ago, I thought this could be something that you can make a living doing. Um, and it turns out I was right. So that's great. Yeah. So I try yeah. to figure out, you know, five years, how are people going to be making a living then? Um, so if my boss is listening, I'm still talking about that here. Uh, with our company, <laughs> always, always trying to figure that out. So that, that's really what's up with me, man. Yeah. And uh, you, you have a background in sports. I have a background in sports. How much are you enjoying sports being back? Basketball, hockey, baseball. I, I, yeah, I, I got to eat crow because I, am one, I was one of the no sports should come back guys. I was like the, I was like the hard line. It's not worth it. You know, player safety. You can't do it the right way. Um, and especially when the Florida stuff broke out and the NBA was like, dude, I was like, you're going to go to the center of an epicenter, like our epicenter mm-hmm. of a pandemic just to play basketball. And I am like, I was so quick to congratulate them because they did an amazing job. Um, yeah. Whatever they did, you know, no positive tests yet. You know, everybody's healthy and safe. You know, baseball is trying to figure it out, uh, but I'm a huge baseball fan. So I'm, I'm happy. You know, my nationals won the world series last year. So now it's exciting. Yeah, and I, so, you know, I, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm robbed of celebrating it, you know, the right way, because there's no fans in the stadium to raise the flag and see the ring ceremony. So all that means we got to win it again this year. So we can do it again right next year. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's been, it's been, it has been entertaining. It has been good. It's been very amazing to have something to talk about and just break up the day and look forward to, you know, fantasy drafts and all that. I think, um, I think, I think the leagues are going to continue to go forward and play games. I don't think that – I think that now that the baseball and basketball has gone forward, I think NFL is going to be full steam ahead. And I think NFL is going to, is going to play a full season. I really do. I think you're going to have wow. – uh, yeah. I don't think you'll see – I just don't see how you can play college football. I, I just don't see how you can do college, um, mainly because you don't pay those kids. And so yep. it's just very hard to have somebody for free go out there and risk this, um, that just becomes a different discussion. I think if you were paying them, I think you should pay them, you know, $10,000 a game each hazard pay. Every scholarship football player, that's $100,000. That's not like, you know, back in 1985, $100,000 is like a life-changing amount of money. Like, you know, in 2020, like, you give them 100 grand, like, that's nice, you know, uh, that's a good amount of money. It's not a million dollars, you know what I'm saying? I I think Mm -hmm. that would be a different discussion if you were – getting compensated to play, but I, I don't say how you can do college football. I, I just don't I just don't say how you do it safely with college kids, the way that they party, the way they interact, the way that they are just gonna live their lives. And, and I don't think that you can I don't think you can justify doing it to people that don't get any compensation from it. Not only do I agree with you one hundred percent, as tough as it is, because I know these, you know, young athletes you know, they're trying to make it to the pro. So they need college too. But I just don't see how you can ask, like you said, people who are not getting paid to go out there and play for free, possibly get COVID, right. possibly it could affect your your entire pro career. And you may not have one because you caught COVID. And, and that's the other thing too. It's like people don't know the long-term effects of this. So mm-hmm. if you are a professional athlete, you know, you get paid to do it, you get paid well, that you have a union, you have negotiated, you know, a compensation package, you decide that it's not uh, safe enough for you to participate. And, you know, those things have been like collectively bargained. 
But, you know, there's no such thing in college football. There's no such thing to say that, you know, you get, you get COVID, it gets so bad, you can't continue to play, you know. Do they honor your scholarship? If not, where, where was your health care? Because you now are not in school. You now are not insured. You now have respiratory issues from, from mm-hmm. catching this kind of like, it's just, it, it just becomes, uh, it becomes uh, barbaric almost at some point. Like I said, if you could pay people or offer to pay them, and again, I don't see how if you got 85 scholarship players, you can't say it's $10,000 a week in hazard pay. If you want to play, you can, you know, again, if you get 10 games, you make a hundred grand, like, you know, I think that's a different discussion. I think if you give people some sort of, uh, some sort of incentive to, to not play if they don't feel comfortable or incentive to stay if they do, I don't know, but like to act like these kids can't get paid or to act like, you know, this is a, a, a necessity that they come and play in the fall to save, you know, all these other Olympic sports and all these other sports, like, you know, mm-hmm. I tend to be of the opinion, you know, you've been making billions and billions and billions of dollars off these kids for years and years and years and years. If one year of no profits collapses your whole business model, you're in the wrong business. So if you're sitting here and tell me that, like you have to play football this year or else every school has to cancel every other sport, you know, then like something's gone drastically wrong, mm-hmm. you know? So like, you know, it is not, you know, slow this thing down. Like let these, you know, let's get some sort of real, standardized testing protocols let's get some sort of real uh treatment plan let's get some sort of like real idea of like how much faster this virus is likely to spread among college students versus you know people that have been social distancing because again you know that's not happening so like you know again to the extent that like you know the the, the, the waters of the, the house of cards that's the ncaa is going to fall apart you know i don't have a ton of sympathy for that but I do, you know, I do also understand these kids have worked hard and, you know, probably want to play. And a lot of them probably will, are willing to risk it for free and don't care. You yeah. know, that's why you have governing bodies and, and adults in the room. So yeah. you make the decisions that, you know, yeah. an 18-year-old shouldn't be making. And that are supposed to be making the right decision for the health of the players, not for money. Not for money. Not yeah. for money. Uh, and, you know... Eduardo Rodriguez from the Boston Red Sox developed a heart issue having COVID and they yes. had to stop him from playing the rest of the season for the yeah, Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, there's an offensive lineman for, for uh, Indiana University I saw. He's been having, he had heart issues uh, from, from, from catching coronavirus or from catching COVID. You know, he's not intubated, but like he's got some sort of something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a linebacker from LSU that just tweeted out today. He was like, he's got it he lost 25 pounds or something because he has no taste and no yeah. right, so he can't really eat. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. It's like, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy that, yeah. You know, and it's, you know, the worst part about it is, and you know, not to go super political, but like the right. reason all of these leagues and everybody's scrambling to figure it out is because the federal government just like shit the bed. They're just like, you know what? This is not our problem. But <laughs> That's why, that's why, that's why. That's why we're in this spot. Like, you, you want SEC football and all that. The reason why, like, the SEC is bumbling this, because, like, they're not equipped to do this, nor should they be. They mm-hmm. run athletic departments. They don't run crisis, you know, pandemic relief management. Like, yeah, yeah. the federal government should have had this thing under control when they made. It's that. not in their playbook to take a sports term. <laughs> what they know best is, like, making money off free labor, obviously, and spending that money on, like, you know, all types of other stuff. And so like, 
you know, if the federal, when they put out their plan to play, they had said like, there was like a graph and it was like, you know, we expect to be here, you know, here's Mark, we're up here, we expect to be here. Yeah. And, you know, they were like, it's now, whatever, whatever the date it was, like now it's July 15th, we're like here. We're like yeah. past where we were. We are, we are, we are. <laughs> like it's past like... where we were when we were at that point and we had just canceled the stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's just like, they keep kicking the can down the road. I, again, college, I, it's not going to work. The curve is flat, but it's flattened up. <laughs> like it's just going straight up. It's, it's, Every day, it's like yeah, 100,000, 10,000 new cases a day. I mean, it's just something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, so that's, that's, that's why you're in the spot. That's why the NBA has no fans. That's why baseball's, you know, all all over the place because everybody's just scrambling and nobody's yeah. and the government wasn't probably properly equipped, but they could have done a lot more to slow what happened. Yeah. I was I was watching, you know, when they keep showing the wide shot of the wild world of sports and there are all of these baseball fields and then right in the middle is where the NBA is playing. I, I, and I actually tweet out about this. I'm like, I don't understand why baseball couldn't just play down there too and be in a bubble. And I know that the MLB Players Association said, no, we don't want to be in a bubble. Yeah. But I can't imagine that when they see the success of the NBA and you think about the players that do want to play and be healthy, maybe looking back on it, they're going to say, oh, maybe we should have done a bubble. Like, here's, here's the issue of baseball that nobody understands. Baseball players are in the same city for like four and five days at a time. And you cannot expect these dudes to sit in a hotel room for 12 hours a day for four straight days just sitting there because you get in on Sunday night and you play Monday at 7. So, like, you're just going to sit in a hotel room from Sunday at 6 until, you know, you go to the ballpark at 3. And then you're going to play Monday night. And you're going to wake up and you're going to play, like, one o'clock on uh, Tuesday, the next day. Yeah, okay. yeah. We've done it for you. Just go back and sit in the hotel room for you know. Sit like no, like so. It's very not conducive for them because it's just very hard for them to like be in the road and not get out of that space. And it's very hard to ask anybody to do that. Just sit in the hotel yeah. room for you know six months so you can play some so you can go to work. Um, so they needed to take over all of Disney, all of Disney World or Disneyland, yeah. right? They need to do something. And they could have had all of their families say, hey, yeah, come on down. You can bring your family, That's too. Really They're going to be quarantined as well. Five billion last quarter. So, I mean, they need the money. Like, they, yeah. they could have done – they could have used something. But it's um, – no, you're right. It's – you have – the bubble concept works. And, and, and the only thing I would say about the NCAA is, like, you, in theory, if you were transparent about it, could create a bubble on college campus because you could, in theory, if you were paying the kids, say the only people allowed on this campus are – the football team and people doing lab work and yeah everybody else because the their the football team is technically employees because yeah. it's paid so like, like like so you could technically in theory then do that and you know put them in dorms and like make sure they don't leave and do all that i just think yeah baseball i think it's gonna be hard i think they're gonna keep going yeah. i think as long as these leagues have enough warm bodies to play yeah we're gonna play and there are enough people out there, like this is what people understand about the NFL. Your career is so short and your mm-hmm. earning potential is so little that yeah. like you can't afford to sit out a year. Like, it's like you know what I'm saying? Like, like, if, like if I'm making 800000 a year, you know, because average NFL-based salary is not $10 million. It's like you get a signing bonus, but your salary is like, you know, manageable. 
lower yeah. than you would think. Mm -hmm. So I'm making eight hundred thousand a year, and I'm like, I probably have three or four years to do this before I'm probably going to be out the league. You are very much more incentivized to play than somebody who's in the NBA with a guaranteed contract who's probably yeah. making three and a half million, regardless of you're on a team or not. Yep. Yep. Like, you know, those guys. You saw like you saw a lot of NBA players opt out, um, and it's just like for them, it doesn't. They they've made so much money that like mm -hmm. the draw isn't the money. Where like NFL, those spots are so limited. They churn so much that like if you sit out, there's a dude with cleats. Running around right. yep. the park, ready to come get your spot. Yep. Right. He, yep. Won't risk, yep. he won't risk it all to come get it. So, yeah. like, you know, the NBA, they don't, you can't just pick up a dude off the street. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, a different, it's a different thing. Um, so, yeah, I think football's going to go, though. I think they're going to finish. Yeah. I, I think so, too, because if nothing else, they've been able to watch hockey basketball and baseball golf Soccer's, try, soccer soccer figure yeah they've tried they've all tried to figure it out so i said my feeling on it is they should do a bubble based on conference now i know for a conference like the one the washington football team is in is going to be tough no i mean for the nfl because you'd have to have like the dallas cowboys come into the bubble where the giants eagles and washington are but i think maybe that's what you do and play your season in a bubble, even if the season ends up being, hey, you're going to play your eight conference games, yeah, and then we're going to start the playoffs. Like, maybe that's, that's what we have to do. You could almost do that. Like, if you thought about New England, New England, New York, Philly, Baltimore, D.C., Maybe you didn't even get Carolina, maybe not. Like that mid-Atlantic, that's like eight teams, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. six, seven, eight teams right there because you add in the Ravens to to that that division. You take down the Jets. Um, yeah. You get Carolina, Atlanta, you know, Jacksonville, Miami. They all like play. You got to cluster them all together. Yeah, it's like, you know, Mideast. Yeah, Central, put all the, you know, put Pittsburgh in with the Chicago's and all those folks if you want. Yeah. Uh, and one big West Coast. I mean, you're going to have to think about it really creatively because I think the other issue is going to be that, like, next year you're probably not going to want to have hundreds of thousands of people in there. Mm -hmm. Will they be allowed? And will people come back? Yeah. So I think there's actually, like, a real, like, you know, immediately, like, when are people really going to be comfortable about, like, you know, going 20,000 deep inside of an NBA arena? I think it's, you know, it sucks to say it, but I think it's something you're really going to have to think about um, because, you know, you know, a lot of folks just, I think, will just want to wait it out and see if you are playing in arenas next year. Yeah. If you're not, you know, what What do you do? You know, how does that, at some point, you got to really adapt. Yeah, and, yeah. And what do those things look like? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. That's the yeah. crazy thing. Uh, and speaking of adapting, and who knows what's going to happen with it, but McCore Maker made a big announcement. You went to a HBCU Morehouse. He's adapting his game to play in the MEAC if they have a basketball season. Come on home, brother. How excited are you to think that maybe that could mean a change for all HBCUs to get more of the minority athletes to come to their schools, which is not just great in general, but you think about the fact that most of them could only go to, most of the black athletes could only go to these HBCUs before, you know, when there was segregation. And for them to maybe go back to these schools, that's a lot of revenue if all of a sudden you had a full squad from like a Michigan or USC 
And all of these players like, oh, yeah, we're going to Howard and Hampton and Morehouse and Clark. It, you yeah. know, it would just be crazy. You're speaking my love language. <laughs> <laughs> because, look, all right, so I, I have a lot to say about all of that. Um, at a larger level, at a larger level, you know, yes, like black people, all of us, it is incumbent upon us to like protect historically black colleges and universities because they are ours. And it's one of the few black owned, like operated institutions. And if like, if we can't keep schools open, like, mm -hmm. come on, like this, this is, this is, this is our, our obligation. And, you know, we can't just sit here and just think about you know, the big five or the big six or whatever, like there's a lot more HBCUs out there and there's a lot of work to be done to make sure like we're continuing to educate black kids that want college degrees. They always should have a place for the HBCU. Um, and then that should always be, you know, our mission. I think you're hundred percent right. You know, I have, I have, I have been saying for years and years ago, I had a podcast with, uh, with Carlos Boozer who went to Duke and my boy Christian went to Morehouse. And, 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 and this was, the March Madness episode is probably six years ago, and I've mm -hmm. said it then, I've been saying it for years. There's no reason Howard University in the middle of Washington, D.C. shouldn't be a top 25 school every year at minimum. You cannot sit here and tell me that if you're a black kid, you're better off going to Wichita State, who's been like undefeated, or Butler, or Gonzaga, or no disrespect to any of these places, but like, I'd refuse to believe it. There's just, there's just no way. People sit here and talk about facilities. Like, I don't want to hear that either. Like, George, George Mason, have you ever been to the – I know you've been to the Patriots Center, Jamal. Oh, yeah, like, I have, I have. They went to the Final Four playing in that place. Like, it, 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 it doesn't take much. And I'm not saying that, you know, Howard should be top ten in football. It's a totally different discussion. But, like, you're in Washington, D.C., the, the mecca of high school basketball. And I think that the administration now is committed to it. I think yeah. that's what was exciting is you see the coaches they brought in, you see Coach Blakeney, you see Coach uh, Tyler Thornton, you know, you see what the what the athletic director, uh, Mr. Davis, is doing, and you look at, you know, what they're really trying to build, and it's like, I wish more programs would follow that lead and say, look, we are going to really give our coach the best effort to succeed, and we are going to really start, you know, uh, owning our space in this culture and, and, and really f trying to find ways to make that reconnection with younger generations of kids maybe weren't uh, exposed to HBCUs. Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, the biggest reason why I was able to develop my affinity for Morehouse, one, because my dad went to Fisk, which is a sort of black college, but two, yeah. because of uh, A Different World, which was on TV. So every Thursday I saw it, <laughs> I saw this, like it was something I knew I could do. You know, my wife went to Spelman and my, my sister went to Spelman. And, uh, you know, wow. we, we joked about it. Yeah, we joked about it. You know, my daughter can apply to Harvard if she wants to, but like she's going to Spelman. So like, <laughs> it's like, so it's like, I'm very much a believer in this. And I do think that like, if we could get not just the McCure McCures and like those people of the world, if we could get the best black students and we could get the best black administrators, the best black teachers to all just like really get behind HBCUs. And I'm not talking about overnight. I'm just talking about like, how do we continue to support them and nurture them? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it will be a, a, a really a, a life-changing event for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think that as it relates to Howard basketball, I hope this is just the first of many. I know Mikey Williams has yeah. oh, in the top five. Look, yeah. I'm going to tell you all like this, like, you know, and then people say, like, the exposure and this, that, and the third. And, like, that's not true either. The mellow ball went to Lithuania or wherever he went. Like, you've had guys as, as far back as, like, Jeremy Tyler going to, like, South Korea. Yeah. Uh, 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 Brandon Jennings played in Japan. Mm -hmm. Like you know, uh, 
we draft foreign kids every year in the top of the league. And don't sit here and tell me they can't find you at HBCU. They can find uh, Luka Doncic, you know, in Latvia. Yeah, 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 like, yep. That's, that's BS. You can go yeah. to Howard, you can go to Morehouse, you can go to a and you can go anywhere you want to go. John yeah. Morant, right? Yeah. John Morant. You can, go to, you can go to Davidson. Seth Curry should have been at a Seth Curry. Seth yep. Curry should have been at a <laughs> and like, you know, so like, it's like, Come on, he goes to Davidson and blows up. He could have done that. He could have done that uh, at Jiho. And yeah. what you will get outside of that, I argue that HBCU doesn't put you behind, it puts you ahead. Mm-hmm. Because it's the only, as a student, it's the only meritocracy you'll ever have in your entire life. Yeah. Everybody's black. And so that's the only time you'll really ever know. Like, it's just about me either doing the work or not doing the work. And if you do the work, go to HBCU and you can get any job you want, you can work anywhere you want. And you will have had the most amazing four-year black experience that you'll never ever get back again. Um, and that's yeah. why you see so. Bad. I, you know, it's funny because I, I you got me fired up on that one. I, I wanted to. I wish I could have gone to Morehouse, and I didn't think I wanted to leave home. I didn't even know if I wanted to leave college. I was, doing, <laughs> I was, I was doing Teen Summit on on BET, and I was like, maybe that's my life. Right so maybe I'm not. Statement in Northeast, right there. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's wild. And I, and the thing is, I was like, well, maybe that I want that to be my career. So I told my parents I'm not applying to college. And at the last minute, I was like, you know what? Okay, I'll go to college. It was too late to get into Howard. I don't remember what happened, but I ended up going to Coppin State. I oh. went to Coppin State. Yeah, so HBCU? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, the thing that hurts the most, like about uh, Dwayne Wade's comments about Maker picking Howard, it's like, dude, now... Dwayne, you, you didn't go to an HBCU, but you went to Marquette. Marquette. It's, it's not like you went to a big school either, and you made a name for yourself. You eliminated my other, my other alma mater, University of Pittsburgh, out of NCAA tournament oh. when you were that good at Marquette. That's but right. you put Marquette on the map. So and, what, what's wrong with Maker putting Howard on the map, the MEAC on the map? Right. And, and I tell people this all the time. When John Thompson got to Georgetown, it was just a little Catholic school you know, in Northwest Washington, D.C. with, like, a small gym. And, like, yeah. they won a national title and had Hall of Famers. And, like, you think about this, or and if you've ever been to Georgetown, uh, you know this. Like, they don't even have a gym on their campus. Like, nope. it is, it's a small school on top of a hill. It, yeah. It's probably big prep schools until they built the new stuff. Like, when it was just yeah. kind of all that old stuff, McDonough Arena. So, like, wait, wait. Have you been to McDonough? You've been to McDonough? I've been to McDonough a million times. Okay. You you seen the practice court? The new one? No, no. So they are building a new one, but their old one, where it was basically, for anybody, I know you're listening. So visually, I really have to describe. If you could imagine a very small, maybe 2,000-seat arena in McDonough, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. It used to be, it used to have a stage on the end, almost like in high school, where it was the auditorium, and it was a stage on the end. Well, they turned that backstage into a practice court. Dude, you had maybe an inch between the, where the, the outside, the out-of-bounds line was and the right. wall. Right. That, like, I didn't know when it was a stage. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, dude, that, that was not a practice court, but that's where they would practice. And they were a great basketball program. And, and, this great. Is, and, 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 if, and if you can be Patrick Ewing 2.0, and that's the other thing, too, is like, you know, Georgetown was like the official – team of black America. Like if you were black and you had on a Georgetown, like anything, it was like, oh, you're at least you're down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're with it. So like, and that space that, you know, 
also, you know, culturally it's like occupied by like a Carl Kanai or even things like that. There were always kind of those homages to uh, mm-hmm. the HBCU. Uh, who was, was madness? It? Madness in DC. Yeah, Everybody like, wore madness. Yeah, so like there's a space for that to come back and for Howard to fill that void, you know, culturally in terms of merchandise, in terms of uh, everything like that. You know, it becomes a huge, huge, uh, you know, uh, pickup for the school in so yeah. many different ways. So I really hope he does it, and I really hope it. I really hope they're very successful. And back to Morehouse, I know you were really excited about uh, Robert Smith uh, donating thirty-four million to the Morehouse College Student Success Program. Did you try to call him to see if you know? You got, hey, I got a little bit of my uh, loan I, left I, over. I should have. I should have asked for <laughs> going <with> something. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing, but you know what's you know what's. Uh, you know what's crazy about that? I was actually at a Columbia. My my good friend's wife was getting her PhD from Columbia. And wow. it was one of the buddies who went to Morehouse and another one who interned at Morehouse. They, I guess they got the alert. Or not mm-hmm. interned at Morehouse, sorry. A, a domestic exchange at Morehouse. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, so they told me, and I was like, that's insane. That's crazy. And so, yeah, apparently there was just an article out about it, about you know the kids that, what they've done with the money not having a student loan, like how it's like, you know, help them. Uh, and then there was like, they talk about one kid who like just missed it. And like, you know, like, oh. happened, you know, like didn't get it. And like, yeah. financial situation is like now versus like what the other kids is, had he made it. Uh, and now he's got a really smart model, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's out now. I've heard him talk about it where he wants to pay people to be able to go to school and then not give out loans, but then just get a percentage of your income. As mm. So, you know, as opposed to, you know, you having whatever loans accruing interest, just saying, yeah. you know, we're going to take, you know, $2 a week or whatever, you know, whatever that, no, I forget how, you know, how they break it out, but it's like, you know, we'll just take a percentage and that way you'll only pay back, you know, X and not interest and you won't be paying us forever. So um, Purdue has like a similar, the president of Purdue has like a similar plan as well. Um, mm. And it's also a thing where, They've got it set up, I believe, at Purdue, where it's like, if you choose certain professions, you don't have to pay any of it back. So if you oh, go wow. like teaching, yeah, you go like education or like social work, or like certain things, then you just have to do it for a certain amount of years. You don't pay anything back. And yeah. it's like if you go out and make, you know, if you go out and become an intellectual engineer and you make, you know, six hundred thousand dollars a year working at NASA or whatever, yeah, you pay back, you know, a little bit more. But it's like a contract you sign with the school that, you know, basically to continue to give and continue to like pay back your education mm-hmm. for as long as you're working, which I think is That's, really Yeah, I think the important thing is like, you just gotta be creative, right? They gotta come up with a system that, that will work for everyone. Uh, speaking of a system that can work for everyone, we both used to work for Monumental Sports Entertainment. They have a new betting system. They have the, yeah. you know, the uh, sports book in the arena. Yeah. How do you think that will influence sports overall in terms of other teams opening up their sports book and allowing for people to bet on teams, futures, in games? I I think it's a great idea. And I'm not a big gambler, but yeah. if people like people just need to stop this whole thing of like, you know, the way it was, just for the sake of the way it was, you know, we had slavery at one time in this country, like and I'm not comparing like sports betting to slavery, but it's just like, you know, we, you, if it, if it's going to make your product stickier as a consumer, 
if betting is what's going to do it to get people to come in the arena to stay longer to spend more money like why would you not do it because the people and like the smart owners know this and this is what ted leonsis knows is that you're now competing there's so much competition for anyone's attention and money specifically as it relates to entertainment you know mm-hmm. never before you know you were competing with whatever was on TV and that was it. And, you know, now it's, you know, TV and Instagram and gaming and, you know, whatever. There's so many different ways that people are diverting their attention. YouTube, you know, so I don't necessarily have to watch the NBA to be entertained. I can, you know, go be on TikTok. I can go do whatever. And so if betting is what makes your product stickier and what's made people stay and want to watch and stick with you and they're going to do it anyway, you might as well get on the action. Yeah. And so like, I don't see like, you know, there's bars in arenas. Like no one's like, Oh, but people will drink too much. And you know, they'll drink themselves <laughs> to death with the game. You put a bar in the arena. It's like, you know, like, no, yeah. they just realize that like when people, if people come, they'll spend money on drinks. So like, why not yeah. get that money? Yeah. So, yeah. If, 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 if the NBA has already gone forward and said, you know, we are opening up betting and you know, Monumental is very smart to get that, that betting partner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah turn a bar into a sports book i like a sports book who doesn't like to go to a sports book and sit there you know and bet yeah yeah um, that's why we all look forward to summer league not that we wouldn't bet on the nba but just I like wow it. we don't get to go to a sports yeah. book it's like man we're in vegas you know the first time yeah i went to caesars it was incredible and i wasn't working over the nba but i was just like it was i remember it was the first day after the all-star break and like mm-hmm. Somebody was playing Dallas. It was, it was late in Dirk's career. I forget. Maybe it wasn't Dallas. But it was one team that had, like, three all-stars. And they were the favorite over a team that was terrible. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I saw so I was like, it, they have three dudes just coming off all-star break. They're not. They're going to get smoked. And so I took every bet. I don't know if Dallas was the underdog or the overdog, or, uh, who was the favorite. But, like, I took every bet on the underdog. And they... They covered the halftime. I mean, they covered the thunder. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was like, it was like. Uh, so I was like, "This is really cool." I was like, "This is really cool." This is a fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. Movie. Now, uh, you, you're you're not fully into betting and and putting your money down on that, but I love how you put in your bio. You will put your money down for a good whiskey. Ah, oh, my what's man. The, what's hilarious. the most you have paid? for a good whiskey and like, give me a good brand. What's like, hey, you can't go wrong with this right. brand. Oh, that's okay, that's a good question. All right, so the most that I have paid for one bottle, I've paid, oh, probably like 350, one bottle. What? <laughs> wow, $350, Does, how long does it last you? Like I mean, it lasts a billion, a decade? You take oh, like a I mean, sip? It, it could. I mean, I have, yeah, I, I'm looking over because like I'm looking over. But I mean, it's just, here's the thing. It's not like a car where one engine's better than the other. It's just some are really hard to find. There's like so ah. limited. So like, you know, if I find one, like I know I'm not going to find again. It's like, yeah. So like tonight, this is boogers. This is, this is a good whiskey. It, it's, it's not an, impossible to find, but boogers. it's not in your local corner store. It's probably $100. It's a higher proof. So this is, I'm only drinking a little bit of it. This is 125 proof. This is 60 something percent alcohol. Okay. This is like, you know, real potent. I would say, <laughs> I would say for an everyday good, you know, I just wanna, I just wanna like have a nice experience. I always say go Buffalo Trace, 
Uh, it's about $30 a bottle. You might be able to find it for a little cheaper. Wow. Maybe 35. Okay. This is, you know, this is what 90 proof. It's just smooth. I mean, this is just like recognized. It's just like if this, this is like a, a Jordan one. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's recognized. It's like a very good, well-respected, well-rounded. You will never go wrong rocking, you know, having that. Nobody will ever be like, oh. You just, you just gave me the, or us, the next best podcast. <laughs> Comparing whiskey to Jordans. Like what's I, the... So oh, I started doing, I have, yeah, on Insta, like I, I started like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good like thing. I started cause yeah, it's, it's a good way to like give people a gauge. So yeah, yeah. That, that's what I would say, but I, yeah, I've spent a decent amount on, on some bottles. Um, but you know, did I'm you, like, you shop at Costco? I do, but up here, the one that we go to doesn't have liquor. Wasn't there, isn't there a Costco that's like a, a whiskey that's like $30,000? I'm there, almost, there's a McAllen. I don't know how much oh, Costco has. Oh my God. Um, but I will say the Costco bourbon is not terrible. If oh, really? Has, so yes, here's a trick. You can get, you can get, get yourself a decanter and put your cheap booze in the decanter because everyone will come in and you'll offer them something out of there and it will be the Costco bourbon and it'll be like, <laughs> yeah, taste, you know, it's Something that something my buddy got for me. I don't even know what it was. We got. It. I thought it was good, so I put it in here, and you know, it's really great. And people be like, "Oh man, that's fantastic!" <laughs> so, so when somebody comes over, you give them a taste of your good whiskey, and then you go to your decanter with uh, <laughs> pour out of that, and that's the problem. So we're learning whiskey tricks along with what's the best ones to buy at Buffalo Trace. There but nobody go. can trace the evidence, right? You throw away the, the Kirkland. Throw away the Kirkland. Be like, oh, yeah, I gave you some of this. <laughs> Look, if you ever come to my house, I've never done that to you. Don't worry. I'm just saying. Uh, it's uh, it, 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 For the listeners out there. Yeah. And you cook, too? I do love to cook. I, I where, do. where did that come from? Uh, watching my mom. Just uh, when I was a kid, you know, instead of having to do homework, I could help my mom cook dinner, and, and she wouldn't. I would, I would get out and do my homework. So I really like it. <laughs> it started off as, but yeah, no. So I do like to cook. So my buddy uh, Brian Davis, who is a FAMU alum, he is mm -hmm. uh, at what I make for her on Instagram. We for quarantine, we started this like Instagram live cooking show. So we just did like a every Sunday we would go on there and cook a dish and, you know, catch up or whatever. So like that was, that was cool. And uh, Brian's a real chef. He like, Oh wow. His, his real job. We go to culinary school and like is a chef. He works in recipe development. So he, there's mm. like an agency he works at and, you know, restaurants, whether like, I guess they're, you know, chains or smaller or whatever. And you yeah. know, he'll, he'll, yeah. put, he'll help them build out their new menu, which I think is like, super cool but yeah so we have a, um we have a pod we're not a podcast we got an instagram live cooking show and it will be coming back at some point soon we just gotta okay. you know, we got yeah. summertime you know we had to take a little bit of the summer off quarantine it was great we started you know everybody was like you know into it yeah. End. yeah but now we're like all right you know so we'll, we'll be back in the fall but um yeah so yeah. I, mean, I, I do i do as much a lot of cooking my wife's a great cook so you know, that's that's awesome but i do like to cook as well yeah that's awesome, and uh, you have uh, a little a little girl who is a much better Jordan than the Jordan one, right? Yes, the best right. Jordan. Yes, she is. Uh, she is. So she's the best. Her name is Jordan. Um, she's 
it's funny because her name is Jordan Bird Adams. And so I told I told my buddy when she was born her name, and he was like, Oh man, that's great. Like Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, like she's just like, oh, no. and I was like, No, I didn't even think about that. Like, <laughs> Bird is B-Y-R-D. It's my wife's Bird. name. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And then Jordan, my wife's name is Jeannie, and we wanted a J name. We wanted something that could be a boy or a girl agnostic. We knew we were having a girl, but you know. And yeah. we Jordan, we had like a short list and we didn't think it was gonna be Jordan. Um, we actually thought it was gonna be Josephine because that's my wife's mom's name. We call her Joe. Oh jo yeah, yeah. Jojo. Jo. Yeah, we were like, she's not a Josephine. And and I think my wife was like, I think she's a Jordan. And I was like, I think she is too. So so yeah, so yeah. she's Jordan and she 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 uh she knows Michael Jordan mostly from the Michael Jackson uh jam video. That's oh, like wow. her, that's like her cultural <laughs> reference, but she knows like she knows, like, she'll see Jordan school, and she's like, oh, Dad, you're wearing Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan shoes? Like, if I wear my Georgetown basketball shorts, she'll be like, oh, yeah. Jordan shorts? Um, yeah, that's funny. She's got her little Jordans, too, but, but uh, no, nah, it's great, man. You know, it's been, it's been a hell of a ride. Um, yeah. Especially now. I, I tried to go with Jordan for, for my last son, and my wife was like, no. She cut it off? <laughs> like, no. What, so what did you end up with? Avi. Avi. There yeah, you go. she loved Avi, and I do like Avi too. And now I'm, I'm used to yeah. Avi, but yeah. How many kids do you have? Three, oh. three boys, three boys. Oh wow! You make, I mean, yeah. And Bryce, that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce, I had a blast. Thank you so much for coming on Just for Sport. This was awesome. The pleasure was all mine, Jamoke. Okay, it's always good to catch up, bro. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll chat again real soon. Yeah, and I brought this up with Haley, too. Your last thing on your bio, you talked about searching for houses you can't afford on Zillow. Yeah. I do the same thing. But let's now expand our search for our best, best $1, $1. It's all it costs, one euro, excuse me, for a home in Italy. Look it up. I've seen this. Is this, real? Is this a real thing? It's a real thing. I, I watch a PBS. Life. Yeah. PBS did a story on it. CNN did a story on it. It's it's a real thing. So don't you know. tell me it was a good time, Jim. Okay, I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll Captivate could be international, right? Exactly. There you go. You could be an influencer over there. I can do that a thousand percent. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate. It. Thanks, Bryce. Talk to you later. All right, and that'll do it for Just for Sport. I want to thank Haley Mylon Bohr and Bryce Adams for coming on the show. And I'm looking forward to more of Haley's comments. That's going to be fun. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the wide-ranging conversation. Uh, it's been a blast, as usual. Please share it and leave a review. You can catch past pods and subscribe for future ones on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and more. As I always say, Ciao for now.